Friday, November the 6th, 1908. Umbrellas. Enormous selection. Umbrellas recovered in half an hour. Steamship passed. Washerwoman. Beecham Superior Salon wanted. Second class. These are all really the adverts, right? Oh, I can vaguely see that. Oh, she can't see. Washerwoman. Superior. How did anybody one. ever read the paper? Who did? Bakers and Manchester writing But by 1908, the paper was daily. The front page was entirely taken up with advertisements. Steamship. Bear Peacock's locomotives. <laughs> Calvert's carbolic powder. We need some of that at the moment, actually. Autumn novelties, special bargains. We, we understand that there are many, many different types of truth, many different truths. It's true that P, if and only if P. Baker's Manchester Riding School. Intro given. Best Classes. most select fans. What's a woman? Superior. What is Rest days for policemen. It never happens. Mr. Robert Peacock, Chief Constabulary of Manchester, gave evidence yesterday before the Committee of the House of Commons, which is considering the question of whether policemen should have a weekly rest day. If you're having a sausage butty and somebody comes in and they're being burgled, quite obviously you don't stay and finish your sandwich. The grant of one day's rest in seven would, without a doubt, conferred a great boon upon officers and naturally have a beneficial effect upon the general condition and spirits of the men. There are quite underlying health issues around police officers. Each year, a greater demand was made on their services and police duty today nears in comparison little resemblance to that of 20 or 30 years ago. The way you arrange facts can indicate your opinions, your position the way you're coming at things. Imprisonment of Manchester suffragettes. I don't think any paper tells the truth. Miss Sylvia Pankhurst, last night informed the representatives of several ah, news agencies. Now here, it's a very big paragraph. It's interesting you have to kind of look for these things, but it's headed Imprisonment of Manchester Suffragists and Request for a Town Meeting. The Manchester members of the Women's Social and Political Union, that was the posh name for the suffragettes, are preparing a petition to the Lord Mayor of Manchester asking him to call a town meeting on the subject of the imprisonment of Miss Pankhurst, a famous, famous name. Uh, at the time, the Pankhursts were, were not famous, but they... 1908 they were very well known. began the first stages of militancy en masse, and the first of these thousand people being arrested and going to prison. And indeed, 1908 was the first time that M.I. Pankhurst went to prison herself. Mrs. Pankhurst said that she was in solitary confinement. The doctor said he would not be answerable for the consequences unless she was allowed some occupation. Prison then was nothing like prison is now. Prison then was dark, damp, dirty, and it came as quite a shock to the system. She was very, very self-assured, very downright. She was a gentlewoman, very small, I mean, less than five feet tall, very fine-featured, very beautiful, very elegant. She loved all things French, everything fine. The doctor said he would not be answerable for the consequences unless she was allowed some occupation. They then have a paragraph here about the Anti-Suffrage League. The anti-suffrage movement was a really big deal. It was immensely well-connected, so it had a considerable kind of po political clout. Miss Violet Markham said that the responsibility of making laws should rest upon those on whom, in the final issue, the responsibility of enforcing them would fall. It made its case very vigorously. 
I think that the Guardian would have would have at the time. Its, its job was to report what was happening, what was going on. And the Anti-Suffrage League was probably a more important political phenomenon as it saw it at the time than this rather cranky bunch of eccentric suffragists who were violent and disruptive. So I think that they were, you know, they were doing their job as they saw it properly. Now, we look back and think, how could they not spot the winning argument? But, you know, that's one of the terrible, terrible mistakes to sort of think that, you know, there's an inevitability about things and that you've always got to understand an historical era in its own terms, how it saw things, not how we, looking back, think they should have seen things. Mr George the Manchester Fabian Society of Holland Park for a series of and his wife, I think there's truth hidden in a lot of the articles, very well hidden. The way you arrange facts can indicate your opinions, your position, the stories you choose to give prominence to um, and how you project them can often reveal a sort of bias or opinion. I don't think any paper tells the truth. This is a book by Paul Horwich. He takes deflationary or minimalist view of truth. It's true that P, if and only if, P. So Finding a truth is always this very kind of complex balancing of different stories. Steamship. Umbrellas. It displays ignorance. Nothing more of a general nature to be said about the nature of truth, apart from this claim that it's true that P, if and only if P. I really want to always convey complexity, because I think too often things get simplified and then profoundly misunderstood. And I would also want clarity. Now, trying to get complexity and clarity into the same column is, is never easy, and it's, you know, but it's, it's the right ambition, I think, um, and that is about helping guide people through a very confusing and often very chaotic world. I think what a columnist is trying to do is sort of size up that complexity and say, OK, to the best of my ability, this is how I think one picks one's way through the very, very co- complex situation in front of one. I think that a true proposition is one that corresponds to a fact in the world. But in fact, a fact is nothing but a proposition that's true.